Welcome back to another CASDA EdCast. My name is Jerome Steele, and we are very lucky today to be following up with the students of OSAR, the uh, Oneida Students for Anti-Racism, and their Educators of Tomorrow Club. Um, would you guys mind introducing yourselves uh, before we kind of get started with the questions? Uh, my name is Charles. My name is Liza. My name is Rosie. So great to have you guys back. Um, last year's interview was very, very interesting, and I think it offered educators a lot to think about, um, you know, in their practice as they try to engage with students on issues of like equity and anti-racism. So last year, um, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, the, the creation of the club and the importance of creating safe space for people to learn about uh, racial equity and gender identity. Um, I remember hearing you guys discuss the importance of creating like a judgment-free zone where it's okay to make a mistake. Um, and I remember you all expressing that, you know, you were in sixth grade at the time, right? You're in seventh grade now. Uh, expressing that you didn't feel like you were too young to learn about that. And I feel like that's something that was new information for a lot of educators. Uh, and you know, I was happy that you guys were able to, you know, put that out there and, and, and advocate for, for having this in, in your classrooms. Um, and so, you know, we're excited to follow up and uh, see how the program, uh, the, the two programs, OSAR and the Future Educators Group, have evolved over the past year. So let's get started. Um, you know, so what events in society have caused your program to evolve over the past year and what have you learned through your work and how people have responded to your work? Mm -hmm. Charles, you want to go first? Well, um, I feel like one thing I've learned throughout like this whole process is that like you can't really rush things like some um, some certain things like take time to like do. So, like, what sort of things are you are you do you have in mind when you say that? Like, this, like when we um had the BLM flag raise, like we went we had to uh, we went to the board meeting and we petitioned to have it raised during February, and during June next month we we're planning on having the pride flag raised. And so you learned about like the process that you have to go through to um, to, to to achieve your goals and make the kinds of statements that you want to make. And that's not always something that you can really learn about necessarily in class, right? They don't tell you about all the different kinds of hoops you have to jump through yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. So, so how'd you feel about that process? It, it was a lot of, like, work almost, to be honest. And it's like, yeah, we're here because, like, we're learning to work throughout this process, but it's like, no one told us when you're trying to achieve these types of goals that you have to go through step one, step two, step three, step four. Like, none of us, none of us knew that we were gonna have to make a whole presentation and slide to go to a board meeting and present. Nobody knew that. We thought we could just ask and have it be put up, but no, that's not how things work in this type of society. And so, was that, that, was that surprising? Yeah. Because I feel like, especially with the work that we're doing, like getting a BLM flag raised, and we had to work for it only for it to be just up for Black History Month, and we had to go through all that just for one month. So it is very surprising. So it was a little frustrating, too? Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't even like it was up for the whole month. We got it up like a week. And After. then it was, yeah, mm -hmm. like, and before it was done. Mm -hmm. So 
how did uh, people react to that? I mean, you know, um, having it raised, and you know, within like the school community and in, you know maybe Schenectady. Well, um, well, before we made the presentation, we had a survey, and like most responses, like the majority of responses said that it would make them feel like safer in their schools and feels kind of more accepted and included in the school. And we we got some pretty positive responses, and people people were just saying like thank you and stuff because we had some hung like inside the school, but there was never kind of like representation outside. That's good though, right? I mean, people are feeling safer in schools. It seems like that's a small gesture. Like you said, like it just raised it for a month, right? But you had to go through all that work and all that process just to raise a flag. Hopefully, so, you know, you said you're gonna raise the pride flag in June, you know, next month. So that's, uh, what, three weeks now. Um, did you have to follow a similar process for that? Yeah, so when we presented for the Black Lives Matter flag, we also presented for okay. the pl- the pride flag to be hung. So, so yeah. okay, you don't have to go back and make a separate presentation. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, you know, you know, it seems like, you know, you did the flag raising, right? You guys have been, you know, on some panels and everything. It seems like, you know, your message is reaching out further in the school district community. Um, you know, what do you guys want to achieve with that platform that you've built up for yourselves, like, going forward? Maybe to, like, well, we won the State Farm grant of, like, 20, like right. $25,000, $25, and, like, with that, with that kind of platform and, like, recognition that we got, I hope that when we say something or when we use our program to like promote awareness on stuff that it kind of gets the word out more and like mm-hmm. with that money we're like planning a trip to Washington DC so we're hoping that we can kind of get our messages out in different places. So uh, let's let's talk about um, you know your school community. Have, have, do you think that like teachers in classrooms or administrators have made um, you know any changes in the school community? based on the messages that you've put out and the advocacy work that you guys have done? Um, I wouldn't say that there has been a complete change, but I feel like teachers are taking it in, okay. kind of starting to let it sink in and like think, oh, maybe I should change something about the way I teach or something because it could come off a certain way. It's, interesting. it's kind of like what Charles said about things taking time. You know, yeah. uh, do you feel like, do you guys ever feel like you have to teach your teachers? Yes. Yeah? Yes. You guys have some examples of that? Uh, a teacher in one of my classes. And, um, oh, yes, we have to historically get, like, the context and the text, like, from the text, which, yeah, you're reading off text, but it's, like, you're not supposed to say that. So, like, so these are, like, 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 like racial slurs that have, because they used that, them back then, they just kind of repeating them. Right, which the thing is, but I've seen with other teachers that when they say that, they're like, oh, this is a slur, like, I'm not going to say this due to respect, but... Um, well, everybody can read it. And they, they can right, see everybody it. can read and see that it's there, so nothing needed to be said. And then there was um, just, like, because a slur got brought up about, like, biracial people, mm. like, if, like, black and white, and, um, used the word, and 
So, so a, an anonymous letter was written to them like, oh, this really makes me uncomfortable. Please take into consideration on how like the students feel about you using these words and it just makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And since then, because this was around the time where we were talking about like slavery and the way that black people had been treated um, back then, and it, it got close to the end. So like ever since then, we haven't like use the words ever since I don't know if that's because the texts aren't talking about that anymore or something else but hopefully like it like it sunk so it sounds like some of the stuff that you guys you know feel feel like there's space for educators to learn about is like using language right are there any other kinds of like areas where where language you know matters and maybe some some growth could happen in classrooms um I mean, language-wise, um, besides that one kind of example, it's been, like, pretty mellowed out. But I think also students should be getting the real truth about history mm. and not the watered-down version because ha- cause when they go into the real world, like, after they they've graduated or something, and then they have to realize all these things that they weren't taught in school, like... Mr. Sangari taught us about the Tulsa massacre. I told my mom that she had never learned about it in school. What other kinds of things would you like to see in the curriculum? I mean, mm. in terms of, you know, history or, you know, ELA um, or even like math and science, like in terms of, uh, you know, representing different, different perspectives, different identities. Specifically in social studies, I would like to see more black history not shown in only Black History Month. Like that needs to be taught throughout the whole entire year because we all, because throughout the whole year we learn about white people, but we only learn about black people during Black History Month. Like, you guys agree with that? Yeah, and also like, I don't feel like every year we need to learn about something new about slavery. Like we mm-hmm. learn about it every single year. We know there were slaves. We know, but we learn about it in the way that it's like we're gonna continue to keep learning about it and it goes like deep like down more I think or I don't know if it goes like more yeah. in depth like yeah, yeah as we like get older and stuff like that and I feel like we like we're already learning on our own we're mm. gonna learn on our own like that's how certain kids are so I feel like if they keep like sugarcoating it and like like Liza said watering it down it's gonna bring us to a point where we're gonna want to look stuff up and we're gonna wonder what like wonder what actually happened and the way that the teachers are like supposed to be teaching it or are like quote-unquote only able to teach it they like give us like the like not even raw and uncut it's just like the version that was written and not like raw and uncut which is what some of us probably want so why do you think teachers still teach history especially in like a sort of like you said sort of diluted watered down way well, what, do you, what do you think maybe because they feel like they have to you feel like they you think they feel like they have to they have to quote like, they really don't like no. slavery is like a topic that makes like certain kids uncomfortable understandably it, it, I mean, it has to be taught either way, but like royalty said, like progressively getting deeper and deeper into it, it's there has been generational growth. 
like seventh graders now are not what seventh graders were in the 80s or in the 90s like we 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 have matured quickly we can we can take that stuff in and we should have that resource to be able to take that type of education in and we should be taught the real history because especially in inner city school most like 43 percent of kids especially in oneida are black and brown so we're like you have to teach us the real part of our culture like some some students will learn it at home and some might some students might not have that resource so school is their resource to learn about their history do you think it's important for white kids to learn about black history beyond just black history yes yes did you guys want to elaborate on that like why why do you think that um, I think because like some certain like kids, we're not. Even, I'm not gonna say white kids, because like just certain kids think because it's like your skin color and like your race is gonna like depend on like your future or it's gonna depend on certain things, and that's what they haven't been like thinking about is that like black kids could do the same exact thing that white kids could do. And they don't realize that if we actually want to change like what our ancestors did in the past or what our parents did, we'll have to learn certain ways to like go about that. And that's not what white kids are realizing. Like they, they realize that like all black people are like so low and stuff like that. And it's like- Do you feel like they teach like just like a history of oppression more than mm-hmm. like history of like overcoming that oppression. Yes. Right. Like okay. kind of getting back into like the Tulsa massacre stuff. Their re- their real reason to go and like burn that whole place down was because that whole town was black owned businesses. Like they were all successful. And like with the white kids, they should be taught this stuff is because I believe that racism is not something you're born with it is taught to you and let's say you are a white kid that is born into a racist family like that's like people have to acknowledge like that's not their fault but the thing is school is school and their education is going to help them down the line to realize like oh the things that I've been hearing at home are wrong like I need to show that my parents and the way that my ancestors were treating black people is not the person I am today yeah. Like, and you have to continuously show that. And that the race thing also goes with, like, sort of kind of like the gay thing, the LGBTQ plus community, because certain kids are brought into, like, you can't be with a trans woman or trans men. And that's, like, I feel like sometimes it's, like, that's not what a parent or grandparents or anyone really should be teaching their kids because they don't know, like, what, like, how their kid is gonna like grow up in school and saying now we're in 2022 more kids are starting to express express themselves earlier we're starting to open up earlier and because of more of us people like ozar we're like doing things to change the world and we're like working on the world being more accepting that some kids who are born in that like type of home are gonna like think that's like wrong so because they're thinking that it's wrong and half like a bunch of people are thinking that it's right it's gonna like more so make them like clash and stuff and like make it worse for 
us because more people that are like expressing themselves with like hair color and stuff like that are gonna be like treated differently than us kids who like are like straight and stuff like that or like they might just because of how somebody walks or how somebody talks or how somebody dresses they're gonna automatically think that they are part of the lgbtq plus community and it's not right. always that it's like right. that's just how certain people do things right people so, hmm? you know so like you know i remember seeing you guys did like your gallery walk and you did some like kind of teaching around that you guys you know could you describe that for me uh the gallery mm -hmm. walk and let me know like kind of what the goals were of that um, and like whose perspectives you were trying to center in in that exercise well um especially because that was during black history month it was kind of to like bring out like like people from history mm. that maybe that were never talked about in a classroom or something and bring attention to them and people who had fought in like the civil rights movement that people didn't even know that did like and to kind of express that and then like with the lgbtq like community and stuff like people who fought for that then um and even with that itself i feel like a lot of people have gone to the gallery rock it kind of showed that like people aren't alone when they kind of believe in these things like you see all these other people who are making this work to try to like promote awareness about this like you're not yeah you're quote unquote different but everybody is like and that gallery rock i felt like that people could go there and feel kind of accepted do you feel like seeing historical examples of people who have fought for you know civil rights you know for racial justice for lgbtq mm -hmm. rights for disability rights do you feel like learning that history helps it make it easier to you know do this work in your community yes. mm -hmm. what do like, you think charles mm -hmm. i mean like in school, certain like kids need like a role model in school, like they know, so like they know how to act in school and stuff. Right, and like it can't, it can't always just be Martin Luther King that you have to look up to, right, since that's one of the only per people that, that we learn about. about. Do you guys have any, uh, you know, goals for what you want to do with your this community? You have, you know, no, another year in this building, right? And uh, you know, you built up this great platform. What do you guys hope to to do, you know, next year and, you know, going beyond, hopefully, to when you guys get to high school? Um, my goal is, is definitely to get our numbers up. Mm -hmm. Like... The protests. Right. The right. Like, the get trips. Get our word out. And mm -hmm. so that they know that it's not just grown people that feel, and it's not just grown people that can put their own opinion out. We all are human, and no right. matter what age, we all... Like Liza said, generational growth. Right. Mm -hmm. Most people are gonna feel like they're too young to speak about something, and that's not also true. It's the way you speak about it. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you have the right education and you have the right mindset and the right tone, the right way you're saying it and the right words, right. you can get your opinion out easy, mm -hmm. as long as you are able to put it out correctly and not in a bad way. Right. Do you guys feel like, you know, the work you've done with, with OSAR has helped you realize how powerful your voices are? Yeah. yeah, because like last year, like it was when we first started. So like we we were like very slowly progressing and I like couldn't see it very much. Mm -hmm. But like this year when we started, like our word got out like very quickly and our like our numbers started to go up. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like our word is starting to come out like me like this is this is the time for us to make the change like this 
like this is our time to do the work that we do. I mean, it's interesting because it's like what I'm hearing from you guys, and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, is you guys are building power, right? You're, you're, you're learning, you're growing, but you're also learning about parts of the system that, uh, you know, kinds of presentations you have to make the way that you have to speak at a certain meeting versus how you might want to speak with your friends Mm -hmm. like how how do you guys kind of balance all of that like as we grow there's always somebody that is trying to pull us down i am i feel like with that power almost like no matter what type of power that other person has that's trying to bring you down if you truly are are determined to put out your message it with Ozar, we are going to do that, like yeah, regardless. We speak about like racism and the LGBTQ community. Like we don't speak about that. Like we speak about other things. Like even right now, we even got into a separate group where other kids are like putting out a message about us having police in our school next years, and that may or may not go as far as us not having them, but it will show right. that like we're way more than little kids that just like to play around like we're speaking about big topics and not just worried about the tiny little ones do you feel like your you know your voices are being heard on that issue nope i mean they could have done a lot more things with the money besides like having police in our schools right the money could have went to like towards something different right like so okay let's say one one of the leading reasons and causes as to why they want to have that policy and put sros in our school is because oh the violence and like oh people might be using at school the using part that's that's something that maybe could possibly like need to be not like police but it is an issue that we need to talk about and that needs to like stop but the violence you can very well like stop that because usually when kids like get to those violence points is because they don't have somebody to talk about their issues with that you are putting into SROs could be put into counselors and social workers so then they could talk to their they could talk to the kids so then their anger doesn't get to the point where they take it out in violence and even even with that even with that whole protest that the school did still half of the school didn't even know about it that it was being put into place for next year like and it's and it's annoying because if these SROs are here for your students and you're trying to benefit your students shouldn't you let your students decide if they want them there or not so do you feel like there's like certain issues where adults are more likely to listen to you but then like on some of these bigger issues you they might not um well um I mean, I think that, like, within our school, we do have safe places to, like, talk to our teachers and, like, opinions and opinions about it and, like, have our voices be heard within, like, just a little, tiny little community or bubble. But when, um, you bring, when you bring it to the big boss and who actually makes the rules, no, you're, it, it's not heard at all. It's, and I've gone through multiple experiences with that i've gone to multiple board meetings voice my opinion still going and it's not even that it's like even if we was to get those certain people like put into the schools 
the counselors and the social workers they still do what those people are gonna do they break up fights they mm-hmm. immediate things the principals call them in and out of meetings and stuff like that that's the problem the principals can't do what they need to do on their own there's we have four principals at our school Mo- ha- <laughs> they don't do what they need to do. They feel like ISS is always the answer or mm-hmm. call home, getting sent home is always the answer. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case as long as you have a community with your students, mm-hmm. your your class, your school mm-hmm. in general, no matter what the grade, no matter mm-hmm. none of that. We're like There's going to be fights and there's going to be that and there's going to be this. It's middle school. Mm-hmm. But the way that they go about certain things is like, you're not supposed to be going about it like that. You you have to like remember yeah. like certain students are like ones that like really need certain things done and with them using the counselors as like their backup and giving the counselors walkies and stuff like that and they're supposed to be sitting down with students, I feel like that's like more like a problem. That's why that's why we need more of them because there should always be one that is there specifically to talk. Like every like every social worker and everybody like every counselor and stuff, they're they're busy and that is because we either have lack of staff, a principal's not there, or they're just talking with another student which is understandable but everybody should be able to every if somebody needs to talk to a counselor or social worker they should be able to get that talk within the day not within the week and that's the problem because when certain students get a pass or we try to go like in between like um passing period we get screamed at and most of the time there's been kids having mental breakdowns Certain things should not be done. If a kid is telling you, I need a counselor, the counselor is not there, a kid should be able to wait for that counselor because they really need to talk to them. But principals feel like where we go to them for, like, not like as in we don't really need them, but they feel like we go to them just to get out of class, and that's not always the case. Sometimes it might be, oh, yeah, there's a group of kids, like, I understand, but if there's, like, one or two kids who really need to talk to that counselor, they don't feel comfortable coming to you about it, they're going to go to a counselor. And we, half of the time, cannot do that. So what message does that send to students if, you know, they really, they're asking for help and support and they can't get access to a counselor and they're more likely to be punished or yelled at? Um, that's sending the message of they're going to have to get their help in different ways and ways that might not be safe. Like many, many kids, probably not in the middle school, but sometimes... Teen, like older teens will resort to like vapes or smoke, like or just using like substances in general, or they will resort to self harm. Worst worst case scenario, suicide. Like if they can't get that help, and there was there was a girl who I came to the board meeting, and she said she was like I've been trying to get mental help for the past year I've called every office I've called I've called every single person that they have referred me to and I still haven't been able to get the mental help that I need and usually at least well the last like usually um with the past I think two meetings I've gone to they always have a moment of silence for somebody who had passed and it's like or a high or a high school student that passed like we shouldn't be having those moments of silences. That that, that shouldn't be a thing because they should still be here, because they they deserve that help. Every student in the in any school deserves mental help if they need it. 
and not only if they need it because some students are put on like their roster or mm -hmm. something like that and most of the students who put on their roster are not needed they don't need them at all right. i feel like there should be in every beginning of the school year a like a survey or like a principal or like anything done put in place so that they know like certain kids actually need the help and yes yeah, certain kids might lie and stuff like that mm. and that's what i feel like are not like getting there enough like help because like the school doesn't have a relationship with their students and as that is going to cause their students to lie and then some students just feel like they can't tell certain people what's going on and that will resort into them self-harming or suit like does it said even worse well, let's, un let, let's unpack that a little bit though so you know what you said was you feel like school does what they do because they don't have a relationship with the students so like let's talk mm -hmm. you know how important is it to build that relationship it, like it's 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 a very important thing like like to show mm -hmm. students that you even care is right. enough mm -hmm. like they have someone that they can actually talk to mm -hmm. i remember we talked about this last year in the context of the classroom you know and it's uh, it's interesting to see you guys bring it up now in the context of like students needing you know support for mental health and you know the idea that there should be a way for students to um, express their needs you know whether it's through a survey uh, so that way the adults in the building know how to provide support when they need it, it makes a lot of sense and it's well supported by a lot of research. Um, and you know, I think that that's you know, that's a great idea. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a policy, a policy issue that you guys mm -hmm. could 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 work towards. Yes. Um, you know, you know, what what would you like? I'll do one last question. What's your hope for when you guys hopefully be talk, sitting here talking to you next year? You know, you'll be eighth eighth graders. You'll be about to graduate and go to high school. Mm -hmm. What do you want to? you know, leave behind with OSAR and what you've mm -hmm. built here? Um, like, to let people, like, to let students know, like, there's always a safe place where they can, like, talk to, like, a teacher or somewhere. Mm -hmm. Or, like, express mm -hmm. their feelings. Um, yeah, most likely, like Mr. Sangari said, it's not going to be, like, we're still going to be in OSAR, like, mm -hmm. even when we go to Schenectady mm -hmm. High. And that's where most kids are going to go, but most of us are going to find our individual places to go, like, mm -hmm. Most kids are starting to go to private schools. Most kids are starting, like I said, expressing themselves in order to tell their parents, I want to make a better decision in my life, and I want to go to a private high school. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to go to a different high school. With Ozar, we get held accountable for certain things. So it's like, that's just what I want for next year, like for us to be able to understand where certain people, not as of where certain people come from, but like, how certain people have to like deal with certain things and like that's how kids are gonna understand like they're not gonna understand by like you breaking it down to them no kid is gonna understand like that but if you're actually talking to them and you're actually explaining to them like this is what's happening other places and with ozar there is no other ozar in any other school so if you if you like look at it like that it's our school's actually trying to make a benefit and make our world way better for me the kind of like my goal is for next year for one to build our numbers up and even after we graduate and we go into high school like especially um like 
Charles and royalty, like we've been here since the start of it. And I kind of want, I want to let people know that wherever we are, we are still in, we are still in that community. We are still in Ozar regardless or nothing. Like when I am in high school, I will, I will will walk walk every Thursday all the way to Oneida to be a part of that. And I want people to know that at, even at high school too, like, those kids can come to us like if if they want to because we've like this we've been a part of this whole process just as much as mr sangari has been it sounds like you guys really value the community that you've built with each other um and that's it's really important to you to sustain that going forward and i i think that's amazing uh royalty liza charles thank you so much for speaking with me today. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to come back again next year, talk to you and see, you know, how, how everything has evolved the again. After that, the year. Yeah, I mean, no, because, right, you, it's important. You gotta keep this going. You know, you guys are using your voices to make things better for, for kids and for, and for adults, for everybody. So thank you all so much. Um, 